I'm excited about today. I, I believe that through his spirit, almighty God is going to ignite something in, in our hearts and in this place today. I believe that today is a day where God wants to propel some of us on into the next, next steps of our, of our future. Is that okay? Um, you know what? Today we've got to live in the forward direction. We don't live life going backwards. We certainly don't live life standing still. And we don't go sideways, we go forwards. And we covered the other Sunday, which I, I actually think was quite a turning point in the life of the church about the press. That we press on in to everything that God has for us. Nothing comes to pass casually. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. Nothing comes to pass casually. Everything of any value in our lives needs to be pressed into. If something just lands on your lap, then it'll, it'll easily just leave your life. Why? You didn't have to fight for it. You didn't have to believe for it. You didn't have to overcome anything to get it. And I actually believe that for us to lay hold of anything of substance in our tomorrow, something's got to change in us today. Something's got to change in us. It's not, it's not something that actually God needs to do in, in the tomorrows. It certainly isn't anything to do with over, overcoming the enemy because he's under our feet. But so often something needs to be, to be transformed in us for us to live in God's best for our lives tomorrow. Today I want to talk about um, something from the life of, of a hero in the Bible. And it's something I've talked about I don't know how many times over the years, and that is one of, uh, of the heroes that I, I really want to meet. One day I'm going to shake this guy by the hand and I'm going to thank him for everything he did in the Word of God. And his name is Caleb. Caleb was such an important man in the Bible. Do you remember we had Pastor Steve Kelly come here the other year? Um, from um, over in the States and one of our great friends here in Citygate and he talked about the Caleb generation. Who can remember that? Well, that's two of us. Yeah, that's because it was particularly pertinent to you, Sally. There you go. The Caleb generation. <laughs> the Caleb generation. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 14. We're going to find out uh, some stuff about this incredible man, um, I'm not going to do the history of Caleb here today. We're just going to have a look at one occurrence from Joshua chapter 14 and verses 6 through to verse 14. It says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. That is a power-packed verse right there. The children of Judah in Israel, there were the, twi- there were the uh, 12 tribes of Israel and one of them was the tribe of Judah. And what does that name mean? Does anybody know the tribe of praise? You know what? If you're going to accomplish anything in life, it's absolutely vital that we come from a place of praise. We don't end up in a place of praise. We start in the place of praise. You see... When we praise God, we bring the presence of God into every situation. I think of Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas were in the, the very hardest place, in the inner cell, in this horrible little cramped space, hardly any space to breathe. I don't know if you've ever been there. 
hardly room to move. You feel like you can't move, you can't stretch out, you can't do anything. Contained, confined in the inner cell, in the prison, in the middle of the night. Couldn't get any worse than that. And yet despite all of that, there they were, and it says they were singing hymns to God in the inner cell, in the prison, in the hardest place, and God came in. The place shook, God came in, the chains were broken, and people were set free. And that was the start of the Philippian church. Never underestimate what God can do when we start to lift up the name of Jesus. The Bible says the enemy is silenced as we praise the name that is above every name. Can I hear an amen this morning? And so here we have the children of the tribe of praise. They came to Joshua and his name means the same as actually um, Christ himself. It means saviour in the place called Gilgal. And that was a place where a covenant was established with Almighty God. This is a win that is about to happen. I want to encourage you today to be in the right place at the right time with the right person with the right identity. Don't find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong identity. Everywhere we go, come on, let's carry the praises of our God. We were singing this morning, oh, sing praise to our God for his name is worthy, worthy. Come on, it's time to praise our God unashamedly. It's time to take off our outer garments and praise God. Don't do it physically, yeah? I'm talking metaphorically from the life of David. Please keep decent here on a Sunday morning. Is that okay? (laughs) And here comes Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. And he says to him, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, God's servant concerning you and me. This is 45 years ago at Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when the Lord said to me to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, the brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Isn't it amazing the influence people can have on a whole generation? 10 people completely destroyed the destiny of about 3 million. Isn't that incredible? But on the other hand, just think of what the church can do in the 21st generation. We can turn this place upside down. We can influence politics. We can influence the arts. We can influence news. We can influence education. Come on, we can influence every sector of society. Why? Because we're in the right place at the right time with the right identity. But it says they made the hearts of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you've wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. (laughs) Anybody glad they're alive this morning? As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered around in the desert, And now, here I am this day, 85 years old, as yet, (laughs) excuse me, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses first sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give 
me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you have heard in that day how the Anakim were there. They were the giants. And their cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I will be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And so Joshua, he blessed him. He blessed him and he gave to Caleb, he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Father, we thank you for your incredible word today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in this place to bring transformation, to open doors which no one can shut. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us eyes to see and ears to hear. We lay hold of your word today and we thank you for the grace to be doers of it and not just hearers only. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. I believe there's something very powerful about prophetic promises. Something incredibly powerful when God speaks something that he wants to release into our tomorrows. See, when God speaks, he didn't talk about today very much. But he does speak into your future. He speaks into your tomorrows. And so often when he speaks to us today, we're not in the place so often to be able to walk straight into what he's got for us. So a process starts. A process starts. But God always speaks into our tomorrows. I believe that in life, God, he will give us prophetic Promises, therefore, he gives us a purpose in our life. It gives us purpose, it empowers us, and it causes his life to flow out from us. See, the Bible says, guard your heart, for out of your heart flow all the forces of life. That's where your tomorrows come from. See, your uh, future does not come just floating out of heaven. It doesn't just come sometime down the road that we stumble on something. Our life, our destiny, our tomorrows actually comes out from the middle of us. It flows out from the, the f- floods that God has already put on the inside of us. So God needs to speak into our heart God needs to speak into our understanding in order for that to flow on the outside, from the inside to the outside, and therefore see his will come to pass in our life. God always wants to work in partnership with his people. Thank God for his grace that he can open doors which no one can shut, and he, you know, he, he orders all of our footsteps, but God's best for our life, and God always desires that we live in his best for our lives. His best for our lives is something that comes out of here. Come on, are you getting this this morning? It's, all, it's gone very quiet in this Presbyterian church here in Bromley. He intends our tomorrows to, to flow out of what he's spoken into our hearts. I love what Caleb said. <coughs> he said this, he said, God spoke this to me. He promised this to me 45 years ago. Isn't it amazing how impatient we get? Isn't it amazing when something doesn't happen in five minutes, we start to question? Isn't it amazing 
how something may take five years and we get frustrated and discouraged. Isn't it amazing how in our, in our you know, society today, if something doesn't happen in, in like 30 seconds, then we're already gone. What are the statistics? If you haven't, you know, if somebody stays on your web page for more than Ben, you would know more than about 10 seconds, then you've got them. But if they, you know, they're normally in and they're out and they're gone and it's like everything is so immediate. Everything is so quick. But you know what? I found that in God, the best things come over time. Amen. They come over time. Thank God he's the God of the breakthrough, which is a time of breakthrough now. But let's not be so obsessed with the breakthrough that we don't see the bigger picture. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. This is, this is life changing. Why? Because our tomorrows are not just today, they're a life. And they're a journey. And here's Caleb, he said, God promised me this 45 years ago. I don't know about you, but I don't like being bored. <laughs> Thank you. I don't like being bored. I like, you know, there are times that I relax, absolutely, and, you know, I like to relax. But I don't like to be bored. I don't like to think, oh, this is boring. Or that. Life's just routine and boring. Routine to me is not overly fun. I know for some of you people, it's like the heaven. You're in heaven. When it's routine and you've got your little tick list and it's like, get up at 6.29. Why it's 6.29? I don't know. It's just, why? And then you're like seven minutes praying in the Holy Ghost. And then, it's, and, then it's, and then it's, I go in and I do this and I do that. And you've got your whole day mapped out. Nothing, that's, that's like the worst thing for me. All right? I just like spontaneity. I like fun. I like, yeah, let's just go somewhere now. Yeah, but what about all the... I forget those, we'll do those tomorrow. You know, this is just... I like the variation of life. That's not much fun for Sharon, who likes all the, all the tick boxes of life and the, and the sort of things more ordered. You know, there we were going on the world trip the other year when we had our sabbatical after 25 years in, in ministry. I would have just got on a plane and arrived and then said, now what? But, you know, Sharon spent about six months going through every place we were going to, everything we were doing. It's like, what are we doing there? Let me get out my file. And this file comes out. And it's like, yeah, da, 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 da. And you know what? I'm so glad she did. Because otherwise, we would have had a dysfunctional holiday if I'd had anything to do with it. Seriously. But thank God for that. But I don't know. I, I get a, a sense that Caleb was a, a bit of a go-getter. He was somebody who lived life on purpose. He had, he had, can I use the word aggression on the inside? I don't mean being aggressive to people, but you know what? There's got to be some grit. He said, I'm a strong today for war. And we're not talking about war against people here today. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. But you know what? There's got to be a fighting attitude on the inside of us. Why? Because nothing comes casually. We've got to lay hold of whatever it is that is before of us. So I don't think that he got up every day and just twiddled his thumbs and thought, you know what, let's just do the same old, same old. I can't think of anything worse in life than to look back over life and say, you know what, I did the same thing every day. You know what Christ said? He said, I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness. 
life in abundance, life that's exciting, life that's varied, life that's rich. And please don't think I'm trying to, you know, change personality types here today. That's not what I'm doing. But there's got to be something more to live for than getting up in the morning, eating the same breakfast, going to the same office, coming home and watching the same series on TV that we watched for the last time. And then the reruns, and then the reruns of the reruns, and then, oh, uh, it's time for bed. It's 10.29, so up we go, and we go to bed, and that's it. No, come on, guys. There's got to be more to life. God said to Adam, go and subdue the earth. Come on, go and live life to all its fullness. Got to be more to life than the same old, same old, same old. We got, we got a, a short amount of time comparatively while we're here on earth. Now, thank God that we have eternal life in Jesus Christ, and that's going to be an excitement for eternity. We sang earlier no more sickness, no more fear. Every tear wiped away for eternity. But we are not of the crowd who just hang around for the sweet by and by. We're the ones who are going to take the lousy here and now by the throat. And we're going to live life to its full. And we're going to pour out the love of God into a generation that needs to know that Jesus Christ has come and died on the cross to give abundant life. I just love to picture Caleb here as somebody that... Every day he got up and said one more step towards the mountain. One more step towards the mountain. Not just another step going round and round the mountain. One more step, yeah, but I'm in this and it's because of a whole generation and I would have gone straight in. But you know what, thank you, sir. Um, you know, just another walk around the desert. Not my fault, it was because of the 10 spies. You know what, he didn't, he didn't think like a victim. He didn't go around saying, it's, it's their fault, this was done to me. We've all got some, some tough stuff going on. But that doesn't stop us taking another step towards that which God has given us. That doesn't stop us taking another step towards the perfect will of God for our life. I encourage you today, keep walking. Come on, why don't you look at someone right in the eyeball and say, give me my mountain. Come on, guys. Give me the mountain. I reckon every day, I know we've got this here in, in sort of Joshua 14, but every day he got up saying, give me the mountain. He didn't hang on till he was right there. Every day he got up and said, today's mountain day. One step towards the mountain. Every day matters. Every day this was Caleb's mission. Every day this was on his mind. He didn't get the promise and then forget about it for 44 years and 350 days and then it came to this, oh yeah, the mountain. No, every day this was alive in him. What's the prophetic promise that God has put in your heart? What has God spoken to you? I don't care how long ago it was, God's word is living and active and God will see to it that he will perform his word and that his word will prosper in your life. Can I hear an amen? amen. See the name, I've already said Caleb means, it actually means dog, but it, it sort of gives the impression 
of tenacity, aggression, a bit wild. <laughs> you can't tame this man. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that life wants to tame the vision out of you? Seriously, I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. <laughs> life wants to tame the vision out of us. Oh, come on, don't think too big. Come on, don't dream too big. Just be like everybody else and be happy with your lot. Now, we absolutely know that God wants us to be content in all things. Absolutely. But the Bible says without a vision, people wander around not knowing what on earth they're doing. People perish. People just live the same old, same old, same old life. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants us to lay hold again today of a fresh vision. <laughs> it means to be bold. His name is to be bold. It means to be, it means to be aggressive. It means to be courageous. I love to put that attitude together with vision. Why? Because some people see stuff, but then they don't have the guts to go after it. Some people see stuff and they get a big dream, but then the first thing they, the first hurdle they encounter is so intimidating that they stop, they're stopped right there in their tracks. And they don't, yeah, I remember when, when I had dreams of grandiose ideas. And I thought that actually I'd make a difference in life, but then I, then I woke up, ha, 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 ha. Then I realized that, you know what, it's just little old me. Little old me and, you know... No, you know what's happened? Life has tamed the vision out of you. Life has put the shackles on you. One of the most incredible, incredible films that I think I've seen for many, many years is 12 Years a Slave. I'm sure a lot of us have seen it. Incredible, incredible film. He never stopped fighting on the inside. He never gave up. He didn't succumb to the chains that were around his ankles, around his hands. He didn't give in to a mentality. It's like the elephant. Sure, we've heard this. When an elephant's just born, they put on this tiny little chain and it can't get away from the chain. And as it grows, as the elephant grows and grows and grows, they never have to change the chain because it's got a mentality that I ain't getting out of here. And actually that fully grown elephant, all it needs to do is kick and it's free. But you know what? That kick and the uh, freedom has been torn out of it. Life has tamed the elephant. I'm so glad that that experience never tamed that man in 12 years a slave. And it's my prayer today that life doesn't tame me. And that life doesn't tame you. Because there's far, far more abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. God has prepared for those who love Him. What does it say? According to the power that works on the inside. What is that power? It's a get up and go power. It's a different spirit that Caleb had. It's a vision for a better tomorrow. It's a dream that what I went through, my kids don't have to go through. I'm going to put something on the inside of them that means they can fly higher than I've ever flown. Life didn't tame him because he was bold, he was aggressive, he was courageous. But some people see stuff 
and at the first hurdle, perhaps the second hurdle, perhaps it's the fourth or the fifth hurdle and people get weary and people get, great, you know, get discouraged and frustrated. That's why it's so, so important to keep people in our life who will keep pushing in on your dream. So important. God's never intended that we do life on our own. I want to keep myself surrounded by people who keep saying, come on, Melfi, get up and go again. Come on, Melfi, go and get your mouth in. Come on, Melfi, come on. There's better in your tomorrow than there is in your today. I refuse to listen to people who who want to say, that's your lot, that's your ceiling. Who are you listening to? Who's influencing your life? Is it the people that just say, calm down, or the people that say, stir it up? I want to be around people that can see into my future and go after it with me. See, the strength of, of our desire to pursue actually exposes how real the dream is in our heart. I have a dream, but I never do anything about it. I really question if it's a dream. There's something about a dream that keeps you alive. There's something about a dream that empowers you. Even through 45 years of wandering around in the desert and seeing all his own generation die off. He was 85 years old. There was no one else left of his generation. Joshua was half his age. Wow. He kept going. He kept stretching. He kept dreaming. He kept going to God. I love that verse and we'll come back to it. He said, I'm as strong today. He kept going to God for strength even when things looked like he was going to be overpowered. You know what? It's... It's just so important that we look at everything with eyes of vision. How does God see this? How do I see this? What happens when you conquer a mountain? Will conquered mountains empower you? They stir you up. They build something stronger on the inside for the next, the next season in our lives. Heard somebody say this the other day and it just, so, it just so struck with me. The greatest view comes after the highest climbs. Sometimes we think like, I'm still climbing, I'm still climbing. Yeah, but the greatest view is coming. Stir your vision up this morning for your own life. Stir your expectation up this morning. If it's something that I have to constantly do is keep going back to God and saying, God, I lay hold of the promise set before me. I lay hold of the hope set before me. I know what you said and I'm not letting go in Jesus' name. Every time there's a promise, there's a process. And as I said earlier, you know, the process most of the time is not that God needs to change things. It's that God needs to change me. When God puts me on a journey... It's not the road that needs to change. It's me that needs to change. If I think I'm going to inherit the mountain in the same state I'm in today, I've got another thing coming. Are you getting this? Something's got to change. See, we always think we're further on than we really are. Now, that's not a bad thing. 
It's not a bad thing. Don't think you're further back than where you really are. But we do need to know where we really are. And when God speaks to us about the mountain, not the one that we need to move, not the Mark 11 mountain. I'm talking about the inheritance mountain, the stuff God has given us, amen? When God uh, shows us that, that thing, so often we don't understand and we don't realize for that to come to pass, I need to be in a greater place. I need to be in a better place. I need to be more loving or more mature. I need, to be, I need to be able to handle greater faith. I need to be able to handle greater finances. You understand what I'm saying? You see, we think when God shows it, oh, I can get it today. But no, then starts the journey of personal transformation. Why? Because I've got to handle things better because that's a mountain I've never taken before. And if God just gives me the mountain, the mountain will crush me. Come on, are you getting this? The mountain will crush me. I now understand some of the things that God spoke to me when I was in my 20s. Only a couple of years ago, of course, but um, could never have come to pass until now. Why? Because I was in my 20s. Oh, come on. <laughs> and it's not about a physical age. It's about a journey of life and an experience that we go through and what we learn over the years and what we learn through every mountain, through every valley. So I want to I encourage us today, get your vision up. Get your vision up. Stir it up. <laughs> Fan it into flame. Stop expecting average. Stop expecting same old, same old. Set yourself up today for the greatest win you could possibly have. So many dreams are terminated because we are not sufficient now. So we give up. We simply give up. Oh, I could never do that. I could never, I could never, I can't, I can't ever see myself doing that. Watch what you say, yeah? <laughs> we got to see ourselves doing that. We got to surround ourselves with images that, that show us doing that. I can remember when God first spoke to, well, he didn't really speak to me. I was thrown in the deep end, completely unexpected. The night before a church plant, somebody said to me, I can't do this, over to you. <laughs> oh, wow. Boom. So tomorrow I plant a church. News to me. <laughs> and so to do something in this mind, which is the canvas God uses, back then we didn't have internet. We didn't even have the internet. I remember when the first person in my road had internet. We were living in Lansing Road in Orpington and somebody had the internet. So I talked to him, what's that? I said, <laughs> this is true. He lived about five houses up the road. What's that? Oh, you can go online. And I thought, oh, really? Wow. <laughs> and when you go online, what do you do? Oh, you, you read about things. Sounds like a book. Why would I want to do that when I can go to a library? Seriously, it was just outside of our whole concept. 
And we didn't have internet. We didn't have stuff. So I used to get, you know, I was a partner with all sorts of people in the ministries, the Copelands and the, you know, just all sorts of different people. And I used to get like the center page spreads that show a big crusade. I mean, today you just go on the internet, press a button and type in crusade and you can see millions of people and pictures. That then you couldn't. You had to wait for a magazine and get it. And I put it on my study wall of all these people saying yes to Jesus. And I thought, well, if I'm going to go for something, I might as well go for that. Got to fill your mind with where you're going to go. Oh, Pastor Jay, we've heard this so many times. We've heard this so many times. Yeah, we may have heard this so many times, but too many people living such an average life. Not here, of course. Amen. What was Caleb? Caleb was an incredible man of vision, an incredible man of faith, an incredible man of perseverance, an incredible man of encouragement for others, incredible man of loyalty. He was a man of war, and he was a man who, who always blessed other people. I suppose quite simply, he was a man of a different spirit. That's what the Bible says. There was something different about him. Oh, to God that Citygate Church would be a church with a different spirit. With a different spirit. Some people say, why do you do things so differently? Why are you changing that? Well, because if you don't change, you die. Simply, if you don't change, you die. Personal life, corporate life, in the business world. I saw some interview on TV last night about all these shops shutting down in the north. M&S is shut down and this is shut down and that's shut down and all this stuff shutting down. And they say, well, of course, ha ha, we're in the day of internet shopping. I thought in the day we'd been there for, for 20 years. If you don't change, you die. I mean, I know this is going to go down like a lead balloon, <laughs> all right? But I've got to say it anyway. Even in the church world, we're in the day of the internet now. And it's not something you're going to fight. It's going to be, have, to, have to be something we embrace. Internet church is here to stay. Hello? See, if you don't change, you die. Oh, Pastor Jay, I came today. I didn't know any of those songs. That's because we're singing new ones. <laughs> it's quite simple. Quite simple. It's because we're singing new ones. Oh, Pastor Jay. Well, you know, I remember when the, when the hall was painted white. And we used to like it white. And then you painted it black. It's not black. It's dark blue. But anyway, because blue is my favorite color. That's because it's God's favorite color as well. He told me it was. Hence the blue chairs and the blue jacket and the blue jeans. Nearly wore a blue church, but I uh, saw a, a blue shirt, but I thought that would be a little bit over the top today. I'm, I'm just about to do my hair blue. It'd be nice. Oh man, it's like a dark room. You know what? We, we really have to learn to change. And Caleb adapted. Caleb changed, okay? So I'm going to be in the desert for 40 years. Every step toward my mountain. Every step towards my mountain. Can I have the band up here, please? Thank you very much. We're going to close in just a couple of minutes, but just as we do, I've got nine points now. <laughs> Haven't even started on my nine points yet. But that's all right, because all I've got is titles. 
so it doesn't, so I don't preach any of them. Is that all right? So how are we going to lay hold of our mountains, guys? How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? What does it mean to me? Perhaps to you, a mountain is overcoming an addiction right now. Perhaps to you, it's, it's sorting out your family life. Perhaps it's, it's a new business that you're going to start. Perhaps the mountain that you got to face is actually I'm going to start to be generous. Perhaps the mountain is I'm going to learn another language and go and preach in a country I've never been to before. I don't know what it is for you, the mountain. What's the mountain? Have you ever identified the mountain that God has promised you? Everyone's got a mountain. But I'll say this, you're never too old to go for another one. (laughs) Oh, I've got my mountain. I've had it for 20 years. Oh, no, don't tell me that. I'll come and move your mountain and we'll get you going on another journey. Mountains were never meant to be places of settlement. They were supposed to be another place of vision. Go to the top of your mountain and see somewhere new. How are we going to do this, guys? Number one, look for the mountain that God has for me. Look for the mountain God has. You need to look for the mountain God has for me, for you, for me. Identify your mountain. Oh, I don't know if God's got a mountain for me. He has surely got a mountain for you. Surely he's got a mountain for you. What's the second thing that we need to do? And I I really want to put this one out loud and clear today. And it's not just a cliche. It's something I really believe. Look and pursue goals that scare me. See, the mountain's got to be a place of faith. And faith climbs out of boats when everybody else stays in the boat. See, faith speaks to mountains when everybody else is intimidated by the mountain. Faith will say, come on, let's put this to work. When everybody else says, I tried that and it didn't work. (laughs) Pursue goals that scare me. What's the third thing we need to do? We need to look to God for strength and grace. See, if it doesn't scare you, you're not going to go to God for the strength to do it. Look at the mountain that Jesus faced. That mountain was the cross. That mountain was the cross. And he faced it in the garden and he said, this scares the life out of me. Oh, Pastor Joe, you can't say that. He said, my soul is so grieved. This is nearly killing me. Don't want to go to the cross. Don't want to go there, but not your will, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. What did he do? He went to the Father for strength. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured. He had the strength to go through the cross. Why? Because God gave him a vision of what's on the other side. Isn't that amazing? You getting anything out of this today? What else do we need to do? Number four, we need to believe that all things will work together for my good. 
Don't just quote the verse, live the life. Hello? I have an author, Pastor Jay, all things will work together for good for those who love God, just as the devil's kicking your brains out. No, it's not referring to the fact. Let's just, let's just lie there and take whatever the devil's throwing out there and whatever life, it'll all work together for good. That's not the point of the verse. The point of the verse is saying, come on, pray in the Holy Ghost, get hold of the Word of God and everything you go through, God will see to it that it'll work together for your good. Why? Because you're laying hold of a mountain, you're not dying in a desert. Is this too strong this morning or is this, is it, because I'll tell you what, there are some people that are going to get hold of some mountains this morning. Believe that all things, when you look at somebody in the eyeball and say, give me my mountain. Number five, be part of a team that will make me better. Be part of a team that will make me better. God never intended me to get hold of a mountain on my own. It's always with other people. Always with other people. Never on, on your own. You can put a thousand to flight. Wonderful. With somebody else, 10,000. On your own, oh yeah, yeah, thank you Jesus for your faithfulness and your love. But with other people, man alive. A whole different level of living. Whole different. But you know what? Some of you guys are just way too isolated. Can I just say it like that? Is that all right? Way too isolated. Just doing life on your own. Easier for the ladies because you've got all those 18,000 words a minute that you need to get rid of. <laughs> Hello? Good preaching, Pastor Jay. Thank you very much. I know what I'm talking about. There have been times I've painted eyeballs on my lids. Yes, dear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard it all. I'll tell you what, if you, if you could be a fly on the wall, the amount of time Sharon said, did you listen to anything I just said? No, start again. Is that what I said? No, start again. No, start again. And she's got incredible grace to go through it all again. Be part of a team that makes me better. Number six, apply the principles I've learned in life's valleys and past climbs to help me to get to new levels. Otherwise, all the things we've learned are pointless. Do we, we get that? Everything we've learned is absolutely pointless unless we apply it to the next mountain. What did I learn climbing that one? Now, can I just say, we only climb mountains that are inheritance mountains. You don't climb sickness mountains, you move the mountain. You don't climb poverty mountains, you move the mountain. You don't climb shame mountains, you move the mountains. You don't climb, you don't climb the, the ones that need to be moved. So don't get them mixed up. Which ones are we laying hold of today? It's the ones that are the promises of God for our lives. 
but they need to be inherited. They need to be possessed. They need to be laid hold of. How did I lay hold of the last one? What did I learn? What did I have to do? What did I have to believe? What did I have to, to, to adjust in me? Well, let's apply those lessons to the next mountain. Number seven, I want to encourage us with this one. We need to fight for other people's mountains. Sow seed. Go get someone else's mountain. Don't be so obsessed. For 40 years, he wandered around in the desert. Then for five years, he fought for everybody else's inheritance. And after he had won everybody else's, he said, now it's my time. See, some of us would have crossed over the Jordan and gone straight for our mountain. Yeah, can I just say it's not about you? Come on, good preaching. Thank you very much. Not about you. Oh, I got my inheritance. No, it's not about you. It's about everybody else getting theirs. Sow seed into somebody else's life. Make somebody else great. Fight somebody else's enemy. Stand with somebody else for their breakthrough. Stand with somebody else. And God will see to it that your day comes to lay hold of your mountain. Number eight, keep taking another step towards your mountain. Absolutely have days off, but never have days off from vision. Never have days off from purpose. Every day matters. Every day counts. Keep taking another step. Oh, this step looks like it's going backwards. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. God will turn it around. And number nine, get rid of your enemy. Get rid of your enemy. Stop entertaining your enemy. Stop putting up with your enemy. Stop giving the enemy a foothold through, I don't know, it can be through so many things. We looked last week at the, wasn't that an incredible service last week? Unity, oneness. Seriously, that was a, a service among services, really, in both, in both the 9.30 and the 11.30 service. Both packed out like this and it was just so good to say we are one. And you know what the Bible says that does? Don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give him a foothold in your life. Don't give him a foothold through unbelief. Don't give him a foothold through lack of praise and worship. Don't give him a foothold through not reading your Bible. Oh, now you're just putting the law on us. No, I'm not. I'm putting relationship on us. I'm putting, I don't let a foothold in my marriage through entertaining stuff that shouldn't be there. I'm certainly not going to leave a foothold in my relationship with God by putting other gods in there or other idols or making holes that the enemy can fill. 
Come on, don't give the enemy a foothold. Put your foot firmly on the neck of every serpent and scorpion. Get rid of your enemy. Your enemy could be rejection this morning. Oh, I've been rejected. Well, come on, get rid of that rejection this morning. That enemy could be shame. There is nothing, no height nor depth, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ. Get rid of the shame this morning. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed. Get rid of the victim. Ah, but it was done to me. Doesn't matter what was done to you. Jesus Christ did something to you. He set you free. He washed you with His blood and set you free from all the curse of the law and from everything the enemy wants to try to put on you. Freedom is our inheritance this morning. Perhaps your enemy is some kind of an infirmity. We will stand with you for your breakthrough. But don't succumb to a mentality that says, well, I've just got to cope with this for the rest of my life. You may have to endure some stuff, but don't ever put up with it. Does that make sense? Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Come on, I want you to turn to someone, give them a high five and say, give me my mountain. Come on, now we're going to say it with some guts on the inside. Give me my mountain. Now turn to someone, give them a high five and say, I'm standing for your mountain. Come on, together. Come on, say this, guys. Together, with the strength of God, with the promise of God, with the Word of God, I lay hold in Jesus' name of my mountain, my promise, my inheritance, devil, Take your hands off of God's property. In Jesus' name, I believe, I receive everything God has for me. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give a shout of praise. Father God, we thank you as we stand here today that this is our time. As Caleb said, with that different spirit, I'm as strong today as I was when God first spoke it to me. Lord, we stir up our strength from your spirit in us, from our relationship with you. We come to the throne of grace and we obtain everything we need right now to walk another step towards the mountain. Come on, why don't you just let God give you that fresh vision right now? With every eye closed, come on, let God put that vision. Perhaps you can see stars in the heavens. Perhaps you can see sand on the seashore. Perhaps you can see yourself healed without whatever it is that's been invading your body. Perhaps you can see a bank balance right now that's not in the red. Perhaps you can see your family back together again. Perhaps you can see your kids in church worshiping Jesus. Whatever it is. Come on, God, we lay hold of it this morning, Father, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.